Hi, guys, and welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. We are your hosts. I'm Alicia. And I'm Brian. And we are so happy that you guys are joining us today. And I just want to encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review. And please, please share these episodes with your friends, your family, and those you know who might be you know, struggling in their marriage or relationships. I think that these uh, podcasts can be super helpful. So, But today, we are going to be talking about cycles. Have you ever had a friend or a family member that just couldn't seem to break free from a destructive or painful cycle? And I'm sure when I just said that, you probably had somebody scroll through your mind. You saw a face, <laughs> somebody who just can't seem to break free from that cycle. Like, for instance, maybe they've gotten free from drugs through treatments or support groups, only to fall back into drugs a few months later. Being someone on the outside looking in, I think a lot of times it's easy to see these destructive cycles in other people. But why is it hard to identify these in our own lives? You know, I think something like, you know, drug addiction, things like that, it's easy to pinpoint. But I think so many of us have destructive cycles that aren't like huge red flags like that. You know what I mean? But today we're going to be talking about some of those destructive, destructive cycles that we have found ourselves in and how we ultimately got free from those. So. I think this is going to be a really good one because I think this is something that a lot of people deal with and, you know, they might realize it and then they may not, they may not realize, wow, this is something, this is like a mountain I continuously go around, you know, and it's like, when am I going to stop going around this mountain? And I think the first key is to identify the mountain that you're going around. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah, so Brian, you want to start things off and maybe talk about some destructive cycles in your life that you've had to overcome? Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously it goes, you know, back to the root of the problem and a lot of the things that happened with our marriage. Um, it just seemed like every fall, there was like another cycle that came around and I don't know why even, you know, still to this day, I, I try to think about things. It was just, it was a time when I guess Satan found me at my weakest for whatever reason. But, you know, even our counselor coined our marriage, like, you know, he, she would say, um, Brian will fall in the fall, you yeah. know, cause it was, she wasn't speaking that over me, but that's what I was, you know, what I was doing. That, that was, was the cycle. cycle. Right. So every fall would roll around, something would happen where I would literally fall spiritually. My walk with God, which would pull me away from my family or cause me to do things to abandon my family, um, make bad decisions. So, yeah, it was... Uh, you know, it was like a kind of like a Apostle Paul experience. You know, I was doing things that I didn't want to do and the things I wanted to do for some reason I couldn't do. 
I didn't want to be a bad person. I want to be a good person, but I constantly felt, found myself in bad situations or situations I shouldn't be in. And it was just, it was an inner struggle, you know, cause I wanted to be deep down inside. I wanted to be a good person. And, uh, but she was like, you felt stuck. I did. Yeah. It's, uh, gosh, when you get in a cycle like that, it's just, it's so hard to get out of, you know, even with people, especially people with drug addictions, you know, it's so hard to break free. I've had cousins and stuff, you know, involved in that. And they just they said, once you get involved into meth or different drugs, it's just so hard to break the grip it has on you. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing with me. It was just, you know, I didn't want to do the things I was doing, but it was just so hard to get out of the clutches of sin that Satan had me in. And then I would get out and I'd find myself almost, you know, just just like a drug addiction. I'd find myself falling back into it. And gosh, it was so hard. To, it was so hard to break free of. So, so what happened? Like, how did you break that cycle? How did you get off of that hamster wheel? How did you quit going around that mountain? What was it that actually, you know, even jolted you or shook you or, or whatever you would even, however you would phrase that to break that cycle? What was it in your life that happened that broke that from you? Well, I think it, you know, it, there's, there's so many different aspects to that. You know, one was my upbringing, um, being in the church and being raised in a godly family. I knew deep down and inside, I honestly knew what the outcome was going to be if I didn't change my life. And of course, you know, we've spoke before about dreams I had over a daughter being in hell and, you know, the suicide attempt. and. Um, there was just a lot of things, not seeing the kids and not being around, you know, my family and having them around me. So it was just, I think all that just kind of got stirred together. God used all that, um, even though all that hurt. Um, he used all that pain and just mixed it all together. And, you know, it just, it's just it really turned my life around, you know, just all that stuff coming against me at once. Cause I only knew there, I knew in the end, I knew there was one way out and that was through God. I knew he was the only one that could turn around. Yeah. Do you remember that dream you had also where you were in a ship? Yep. Why don't you share that? Cause I think that's really profound. I can't remember the group of the, uh, the sings. There's a I can't remember the name of the group, but there's a song about turning the ship around. And I remember one morning waking up and I thought I had this, I had this dream the night before that I was in this Harbor and I was safe. You know, everything, the waters was calm. It was like smooth as glass. And I started out in this little bitty boat going through this, I guess they would call a straight or a narrow, uh, leading out to the ocean. And I see myself doing different things. I was wrong. And as I did things wrong in my life and made wrong decisions, this little bitty boat that I was in that was maneuverable 
and I was able to turn around in that narrow straight to get back to the calm waters or back to the um the little area that was you know protected from the ocean all of a sudden it started growing into a bigger boat and then it got to where it was a huge ship and I remember I couldn't turn around and I felt trapped because I wanted to go back because ahead of me I could see the rough waters and I could see the ocean and uh that was in my dream and I believe it was the next day I actually heard that song and in that part of the song it says something about turning the ship around and I knew deep down in my heart that everything I'd done wrong led to this huge problem and I was on a road to destruction heading out toward the open waters that were rough and destructive. But it was like God was giving you an invitation yeah. mm -hmm. to turn it around. And I knew when I heard that song, I knew that day. I remember hearing that song that morning and thinking, God is the only one who can lift me out of this, turn me around and get me back to where the smooth waters are at, where I'm protected. And there are so many different things that I, dreams I had and just visions I had and God speaking to me. I say in my last days because, you know, between um, me just quitting doing all that stuff and then, of course, the suicide attempt. Yeah, it could have been my last days, but God was really working on me. Like really, really in overtime working on me there for several weeks. Yeah. I know he was really... um trying to to pull at your heartstrings just to get you to turn around and um I really feel like because the string of events that happened up to your turning was pretty pretty intense <laughs> it was like the lord just really had you on his radar that he was going to turn your ship around right and and he did that for you and i think i think for me I had developed massive triggers around these, you know, like we were talking about, about, um, the fall season, how, you know, our counselor had even, you know, coined the phrase Brian falls in the fall. And so for me, especially after we reconciled and came back together and decided we were going to give this, you know, give this one last shot. Um, the fall season would start approaching for me and immediately I would start, start bracing for impact. And I would start, as I would see the fall season coming, I would be like, okay, well, here it goes again. Brian's cycle is getting ready to start. And so in my own way, um, even, even actually before we reconciled, I'll go back a little bit. Um, because this was a pattern over years. And so what I would do is I would start almost pushing you out the door, kind of like I was in the fight or flight. And I was just gonna, I, I, I already, I was like, you're gonna do it anyway. So I'm just gonna push you out the door. And then I could say, ha ha, you did it. You know what I mean? And so in my own way, it's like I was creating a cycle of, well, I'll push you out the door first, or I'll, instead of waiting for the impact, I'll create the impact 
so that I had some form of control, if that makes sense. And even though it wasn't what I wanted, it's almost like I felt the inevitable was going to come. And so I would create my own impact, something that was more tolerable for myself. Um, instead of always waiting, when is it coming? We know when is this going to happen? And so, um, then I would, I would, you know, after we reconciled, I still had the same pattern and which is super hard to break. It has, and and I'll talk about how I had to work through all of that, but, you know, I would start bracing for impact and I would begin building walls, um, putting back, you know, up self-protection stances. Um, I was just constantly bracing for this destructive cycle. And it was extremely difficult because even though the cycle wasn't continuing, I would brace again the next time the uh, known cycle time would come around. You said, you know, you made a comment about doing things to try to push me out the door, but I think that's just mostly, you know, you self-protection and not wanting to wait for that day. So it was almost like you was going to make it happen prematurely just to get past that pain. Yeah. Instead of waiting on, you know, instead of waiting, why am I going to wait around for this to happen? Let's just cause it to happen, get it over with. Because it was scary. Right. But on the opposite, on the flip side, this is something that, that I caused from all the past, but even after we reconciled and you were still going through this process, I was going through a whole different process of knowing deep down in my heart that I wasn't ever going to do that again. So, you know, here it's almost like the role flipped. Yeah. I know I'm not going to do it no more. And now you're still believing. Yeah. So I'm actually, you know, trying to, and the falls have always been a good time for me since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas and knowing I, that know, we're going to be together. And, and I think that's why the, gonna be together. I think that's why the enemy targeted that season for us is because it was our favorite season, the fall. I mean, Thanksgiving and Christmas, you have all those great things in there. And so it makes sense. And it's very sadistic in a way that the enemy would choose that time of year to create you know, all of these destructive cycles. Yeah. We don't want them being thankful for what he was thinking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> so, but um, just talking about all of this makes me think of my mom's miniature Yorkie named Lucy, which Brian loves Lucy, don't you? <laughs> But I think she's adorable. But um, so this little dog, she's the cutest little thing. And she had been abused by her previous owner. So when my mom and dad got her, well, of course, they loved her immediately and poured love into her from that day forward. I mean, this dog is so pampered and so loved. My mom calls her. Um, You know, I have two other sisters. She calls her our fourth sister. That's how much she just adores this little thing. So um, at the beginning, when they would try to pick her up, um, she would either crouch down or take steps back. 
And, you know, when you go to pick her up, she just kind of scoots back like she's unsure of your intentions. And, but they love her and they pamper her and they have never one time abused her. And yet to this very day, years later, after so much love, after so much, you know, affirmation that we're not going to hurt you, that this little Yorkie is still stuck in this cycle where she was traumatized and abused. And even though now she's in this very loving home, this very loving atmosphere, she still shudders at the thought that, will you hurt me? Even though they've affirmed to her so many times, we're not going to hurt you. And I feel like for a long time, that's kind of where I was at. Even though Brian was affirming, you know, every fall season, I will never do this again. That's not who I am anymore. I would brace for impact. You know, I would even, you know, get so much anxiety as the fall season would start coming upon us. And, you know, and it was so detrimental to me, so detrimental to me. Um, So Brian, what would you say to someone who might be repeating a destructive cycle? They see it and they want to get free from it. What advice would you give them right now? What steps could they take to move forward out of that destructive cycle? They see it. They want to stop it. What is one thing that, that, what is a piece of advice you could give them right now? Well, I think the first thing is just to take baby steps. I think so many times, you know, for me, there was just so many issues and stuff. And um, of course I did. I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's things that if you're doing wrong, you need to stop immediately. You know, if you're being unfaithful to your spouse or you're beating your children, which I wasn't, or say you're, you know, you have an addiction to drugs, um, you know, it's it's a good thing to stop that immediately. But, um, you know, it's a lot of the things that ties into that, you know, nobody goes right into cheating on their spouse normally right. there's other things that lead up to it or nobody goes right into all the hardcore drugs there's painkillers and smaller you know right. things that lead it's up to it. right so you know we have to stop those things that we're doing obviously that are wrong in our lives but we have to go back and examine and clean up these areas that led us into those big things and that's you know it's that's the hard part um, the easy part is, you know, I'm not going to do any hardcore drugs anymore, or I'm not going to go out and cheat on my spouse, you know, this day. That's the easy part. That's the easy part to stop doing. That's, that's a, just a God given choice that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be that per- person. The hard part is going back and finding the origins of all these things and what started this and find the seeds they were planted to start these things and to dig up these seeds mm-hmm. and get them out of your life yeah, that's good. and get rid of them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, 
it's not a one-step process. It's a, it's a many-step process. But on the big things, you have to make a choice. You know, whether it's drugs or being unfaithful, you have to make a choice. You have to, you have to wake up one day when your feet hits the ground and make that choice. Today, I'm going to be faithful. Today, I'm going to be drug-free. Or today, I'm going to be alcohol-free. And then from that day, you have to take the baby steps of going back and digging up the little things that got you to those things and deal with those one-on-one. -on -one. And then a lot of times you have to take one at a time because, you know, if you've got many in your life, it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. And then you won't even want to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's good to have somebody that's accountable, you know, a spiritual yeah, guidance or, um, you know, a friend that you trust that you can talk to about your steps of cleaning things up and going back and digging things up that caused you to make these destructive decisions and let them hold you accountable. You know, somebody that you won't have to worry about telling things or they tell others, but maybe just someone that could reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, how are you doing today? You know, are you clean? Are you, you know, drug free? Are you, not doing anything on your phone or on the computer that you shouldn't be doing that would lead up to unfaithfulness to your spouse. You know, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, as far as me, you know, it was, it was even one of those things of like giving you access to my phone. You know, I don't have still to this day, eight, nine years later, you don't have Google on my phone. You know, you have access to my phone. And to me, that's not a thing of control. That's a thing of accountability, and I'm fine with that. So, you know, it's just, you know, and especially if you've been unfaithful to your spouse, whether it's a woman or a man, giving them the access to your phone, I think it's just a thing, a huge sign to them that, you know, you're worth it, and I'm willing to work on this yeah. and do whatever it takes. And I, I remember that phrase, and I don't even know who said it, um, if you have nothing to hide, you don't hide anything. And I feel like when you came back, it was just full transparency. You were like, I'm not hiding anything. And you were like that from day one. And you've been, you know, consistently, I hide nothing. And I just, I remember I was like, okay, we'll see how long this lasts. And here, you know, we're reconciled over eight years. And, um, you're still the same. You're still the same. Bed. Yeah. Yeah. I've told people, other men, it's good to go to bed at night. No, there's nothing yeah. hidden anywhere or anything hanging over your head. There's nothing. Yeah. I think, I think for me, um, because my, my destructive cycle was more in my mindset, which I think can be a little harder to stop than your than actions you know it's like don't touch that hot stove just don't touch it it's going to burn you versus don't think those thoughts you know it, it's it's different it's a lot easier to not touch the hot stove than to control your mind from going crazy <laughs> and for me this has taken a lot of years of counseling and just rewiring and rethinking, um, especially, you know, just as of 2021, 
coming into the fall season, I was starting to feel those those pulls towards that triggery season again. And so I jumped right on life coaching. I was like, no, not doing this. I'm going to get some help. We're going to get through this. And I feel like that is something I'm going to continue to do until that cycle is broken. And so I really wanted to bring this part in there because this is an area you know, that I still struggle with to this day. So I don't ever want to come on this podcast and be like, we've got it all together. We've done this A, B, and C. And if you do A, B, and C, you'll be completely healed and completely whole. Yes, we have taken tremendous steps towards healing and wholeness, but there are still things that we are walking through and we're going to continue to walk through these until we get to where we, where we want to be. Yeah. And, you know, some people think that you reach out and like you said, you, you know, you had a life coach or what have you, or a counselor for some, you know, it just, it's, it's almost, some people almost feel ashamed of that or beat down. Like, but that's not the, that's the only the enemy. Um, you know, God wants you to use not only what he has in store, but he wouldn't have Christian counselors or Christian life coaches. Or Christian doctors, he wouldn't, they wouldn't exist if he didn't have them to use as a resource. Yeah. You know, just like, I mean, this is, this is something you're trying to overcome and you're trying to better yourself. Just like training for a triathlon, you know, you don't, nobody feels guilty about changing their lifestyle or changing their diet or getting a personal coach or doing all those things to try to reach that goal. You know, when you're coming out of something, your goal is to be better and to heal from all that. Then there should not be no shame in having multiple counselors or multiple life coaches to get you mm-hmm. to get you to that point. Well, I I feel the same way. I know that I, I don't think so much nowadays. I feel like now people are more open to the thought of going to counseling or going to life coaching or actually getting help. Um, versus, you know, years and years ago, it was almost like a sign of weakness. But I totally see it as a sign of self-love. Like if you are in a place where you're like, I need help. I just want to, you know, applaud you because that is such a brave place to be in. And God loves, I mean, he, he wants us to be whole. He wants us to be whole so much. He wants your heart to be healed. He, he doesn't want you to walk around with destructive cycles or triggers or traumas. He doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be whole. And like you were saying, he, you know, he, he directed these people to go into counseling or into life coaching or whatever it is, is you're seeking out to help you. It's right. a good thing. And so I'm, I'm in this place and I'm going to keep going after it. You know, there are still areas, you know, that I do struggle with, but I continue to see, I'm like, wow, this year was better than last year. You know, I still struggled a little bit, but not as much as I did the year before. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to go after it next year again too, or this year, you know, whatever. I'm going to keep going after it because my end, my end goal is, is healing from those cycles, healing from the trauma. And 
yeah, I just, I thought this was a good, um, um, episode. I felt like we needed to talk about, you know, a lot of things that people struggle with as far as cycles, um, destructive cycles and maybe some that you see, and then maybe, um, and I would even encourage you guys to even take a step back and look at yourself and say, is there something that I continue to deal with in my life? Is there a certain season where I find myself, wow, I'm just, I'm always depressed at this time of year or, you know, I'm just certain times of year that you struggle with different things, or maybe it's a thought pattern, or maybe it's, you know, like we've talked about an addiction of some sort. It can be, you know, infidelity or it can be drugs or whatever, you know, what is it in your own life? I'm just trying to take a step back because, you know, you can't fix someone else and somebody can't fix you. You've got to fix yourself. And God wants that so much for us. He wants us to be made whole. And I think that when we partner with him in wholeness for ourselves, that's where it's at. That's where you're going to get, you know, complete freedom from those things that have just held you back. Okay, so we're going to come to the end of this podcast. We just want to thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Thank you for joining us this week. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time, we bless you. you.